Hello, friends. Mikey Adams here with the Audacity Channel podcast. Welcome to season two. In this episode, we're going to talk about recording room preparation. Preparing the space that you record in is extremely important. And in this episode, I'm going to give you a few reasons why I believe it is so important. And be sure to stick around until the end because I have a very important announcement that you're going to want to hear. You know, doing post-production work on our audio can be really time-consuming. It can be time-consuming and it can be frustrating. But did you know that the most important element in your recording doesn't happen during post-production? It doesn't happen with the amount of EQ that you put on it. It doesn't happen with how much compression you have on it. It doesn't happen with how much you've got your audio gated to keep unwanted noises out. All of those things are important, and I don't want to minimize any of them. But the most important element in our recording, especially in voice recording, is the room that we record in and the condition of the room that we record in. Good audio starts with the room that we're recording in. If I can make the room that I'm recording in the best that it can be, then it's going to save me a lot of time and headache in post-production. There's going to be a lot less cleanup to do. So what do I mean by recording room preparation? Not all of us have a dedicated room that we go to record in. Some of us have a little small corner of a room. Some of us may be recording in a walk-in closet or a smaller closet, which is fantastic in my opinion. But I suspect that to a large degree, most of us are recording in a space that's being used for other things when we're not recording. And that's okay, but let's talk about how to prep that space as well as we can in order to get good audio. One of the enemies of good spoken word audio is echo. Echo or reverb can be a real tool when we're doing music, but when we're doing spoken word recording where the only thing that's being heard is our voice, echo can be a real problem. Once echo is embedded into our waveform, it's almost impossible, if not impossible, to get rid of it all. We might be able to invoke some advanced software like Isotope RX-10 in order to eliminate most of that echo, but that's going to take some time and the truth is, you're not going to be able to get rid of all of the echo in most instances. So why not work hard at the beginning to eliminate the echo in the first place? Let me give you a little bit of background of where I'm at right now. I'm in a multi-purpose room. We're in a temporary location still for a few more weeks, and I don't have a dedicated recording space. So what I've done is I've prepped this area of this room as good as I can to eliminate most, if not all, of the echo. And it didn't cost me a lot of money. And it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money either. But one of the most important things to get rid of is that echo that's in our room. When I tune into a podcast or an audiobook that has a lot of echo, it's kind of hard to listen to. In fact, there's been several instances where I've turned it off altogether because that echo just kind of drives me nuts. It sounds like someone's standing 40 feet from the microphone and talking, and maybe they are, I don't know. But with no treatment around them at all, all of that echo, all of that audio reflection that's bouncing around inside the room is coming back into the microphone. And that makes for audio that can be really hard to listen to. So how do we eliminate echo or how do we reduce echo in our room as much as possible? Well, let me give you some elements of good acoustics. And by good acoustics, I mean treatments in your room that help to eliminate or absorb sound waves so that you don't get echo or audio reverb bouncing around your room as you're talking. Because like I said a moment ago, that echo gets back into your mic and it causes problems that are really hard to fix in post. So the first element of good acoustics is floor coverings. 
If you're in a room that has hard floors, your audio is going to be echoing off of those floors. Now, sometimes we can't do anything about that, but other times we can. And in those instances where we can, doing something as simple as laying down a throw rug or throw rugs, depending on the size of your room, can help to eliminate a lot of that echo that's bouncing off of your floor. I have that in this room, in this multi-purpose room that I'm in here, which is really cramped and not all that big. I've got maybe a three or four foot space in here that I'm sitting in, and the rest of the room has other furniture and stuff in it. But I was able to come in and put a area rug in right away. So I've eliminated that audio that bounces off the floor and gets back into my microphone. It's basically gone. And that tamed a lot of my echo in this room. So using floor covers like a throw rug or an area rug or even towels and blankets is a good idea especially if you're in a temporary room. If you're in a temporary room where you can't leave stuff on the floor, you might consider putting blankets or towels or a combination of both on the floor around you while you're recording. I think you'll be surprised at what that does to the quality of the audio that your microphone is catching as you speak. Another area that can really help us tame our audio in our room is wall treatments. You know, when we have four square walls, audio just bounces around inside those four square walls. And incorporating simple wall treatments can really help. I mentioned back in season one when I was talking about room treatments that I went down to the local hardware store and bought some two foot by four foot styrofoam panels that are designed to go in garage doors and I covered those with some sound absorbing material. It wasn't expensive. It was really cheap as a matter of fact. But that did a couple of things. As I put those around the room and I space them out so that my wall remains uneven. In other words, my wall isn't just a, a big flat surface. But as I place those around the room, it helped absorb any echo that was bouncing off of the walls. So at this point, I've done two things. I've reduced or eliminated echo coming off of my floor, and I've reduced or helped eliminate echo that's being produced by audio bouncing off of my walls. And again, it was very simple to do. It didn't cost very much at all. And after I covered those panels with some sound-absorbing material, I used those little command strips, you know, those little Velcro, Velcro command strips. I used two of those per panel and just stuck it on the wall so that when I'm done here and I take them down, I haven't damaged the wall. And just as an FYI, I think those command strips cost more than the styrofoam panels. But the good news is when we do move into our permanent place and I do have a permanent recording area, I'll be able to reuse these panels and half of the command strips, because half of the command strips stay on the back of the panel. But if you don't have access to something like that, using a room divider can work wonders. If you have a portable room divider that you can put up to block your recording space from the rest of the room that you're in, and then hang moving blankets or some other type of blanket on the room divider itself, that can go a long ways to taming echo in the space that you're recording. Again, this doesn't have to cost a lot of money, we can use very simple solutions to reduce or eliminate room echo. Another area that's important to look at is window treatments. Windows reflect audio. If I have an untreated window and I'm speaking into that window or I'm facing toward that window and I'm talking, audio is being reflected back to me. And depending on the position of the mic and where I'm at in the room, that audio can get back into the microphone and cause additional echo. A simple solution there is simply to hang a curtain. In the rooms that I've used in the past, and in the room that's soon going to be finished and that I'm going to be recording in, I used a thicker room darkening curtain because it absorbs more of the sound. 
And whenever I'm recording, I keep that curtain closed. And that just helps eliminate one more source of echo that can get into my recording, which I don't want there. So window treatments become very important. In the room that I'm in right now, we don't really have a window treatment on the, we have two windows and we don't really have a window treatment on both of them. I hung a temporary curtain on, on the larger window and I just put it up with command strips like I did the acoustic panels. And it's fine that way. It doesn't look real pretty. I can't do a lot of videos there because it kind of just looks ugly. But since you can't see me, all you're doing is listening to the audio. It helps me produce good sounding quality audio. And so window treatments are another important aspect to taming our room and making sure that our initial audio is as good as it can be to save us time in post-production and to help those listening to our audio enjoy the quality of it. There's also the idea of eliminating audio reflections. Now we're talking about this on a larger scale, or we've been talking about this on a larger scale of the whole room, but there's audio reflections in a smaller scale. Any hard surface in your room can reflect audio. If you have a bare desktop, it can reflect audio. It may not be contributing much to the echo in your room, but depending on your situation, it might be. A way to find out would be to make a recording with it uncovered and then cover it with something and make another recording. Something like a bath towel or a moving blanket or a, just a regular bedspread can work really good in those situations. In my previous recording space, I had the same sound absorbing material that I have on my wall panels laid out on my desk. And when I get to our new build, I'm going to have that same thing. Not only does it help absorb sound, but it helps to tame some of the noise of my keyboard and my mouse when I'm recording videos, because I record videos in that same room, or I will be recording videos in that same room. So hard surfaces like desks or dressers or nightstands or mirrors can do the same thing that bare walls and windows do and reflect the audio back into your microphone. And again, that may not be a problem where you're at, or it may be so minimum that you don't really care, or you can't really tell the difference, and that's fine. But it's just something else to be aware of, and it's worth taking the time to record some test audio as we condition our room to see what works best. Another hard surface that can reflect audio is a flat screen TV. I had a 55 inch flat screen TV in my previous recording room, and I had a large blanket that I put over it every time I made a recording. Because again, I didn't want the audio reflecting off of that hard surface. Now in the room that I'm headed toward, as soon as our build is done, I'm not going to have a TV in that room, so I don't have to worry about that. But you might, and it might be worth your time to see if maybe that flat screen TV isn't reflecting a little bit more audio into your microphone. In episodes three and four of this season two, we're going to be talking more about microphone placement and microphone technique. So I'll save that conversation until we're there. Another good space to record in is a closet. If you have a walk-in closet, especially that's big enough to go in and sit down, put a chair in it or stand, whatever you prefer to do, and have a little bit of room to move and a little bit of air to breathe, because those rooms tend to get pretty hot, that can be one of the best recording environments in your house, because you've got clothes hanging in there that dampen the audio. In our previous location, when I did audiobook recordings, it was in our walk-in closet. And in that closet, the only additional thing that I did was I put blankets above the door. I installed a curtain rod so that once I was in it, I could close the curtain and that eliminated the audio reflection that would normally be reflected off of the closet door. But that was just me. I'm kind of anal about such things. And so that's why I did that. But a walk-in closet or closet of any type, especially if it's got clothes in it, can be one of the best recording environments in your house. 
So as we kick off season two here of the Audacity Channel podcast, I wanted to start here. I wanted to start with recording room preparation because our room that we're recording in is where our audio begins, and I believe it's the most important element in our audio. So take the time to see what works for you. Take the time to experiment. Take the time to make some test recordings with different things that we've talked about in this episode and see what works for you. Your situation may not be like mine. So take the time to make some test recordings and make that initial audio the best that it can be in your recording environment. Hey, before I let you go, like I mentioned at the beginning, I have an announcement to make. And that announcement is that it is March Madness at the Audacity Boot Camp. For the entire month of March, beginning today, my courses there are 50% off. In order to get that 50% off, just simply enter the code MADNESS. And I'll have that in the description below as well, as well as links to the Audacity Boot Camp, so that you can take advantage of March Madness at the Audacity Boot Camp and get my courses for 50% off. And that's a steal considering the already low prices of the courses. You'll find two courses there. The first one is primarily for podcasters, but ACX audiobook narrators will benefit from it as well because it's a deep dive into Audacity. And it's called Audacity Step-by-Step, Beginner to Advanced. And as the name implies, it takes you from a beginning level in Audacity to a more advanced level in Audacity, and it gives you the confidence to record and produce quality spoken word content. The entire curriculum of that course is listed there, and there are some free videos that you can look at to see if it's something that fits your need. The second course is called ACX Audiobook Production Using Audacity, and it's primarily for ACX audiobook narrators. While there's no prerequisites for that course, it assumes experience with Audacity on some level. And again, it's primarily for ACX audiobook narrators. As I show you step-by-step how to create quality audiobooks using only Audacity, we don't step outside of Audacity in that course. It's 100% focused on Audacity, and I show you how to create exceptional audiobooks using only Audacity. So I'll let you go, and don't forget about March Madness at the Audacity Bootcamp. And thank you for joining me here on Episode 1 of Season 2, and we will talk again next week.